Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Finger Point Podcast. I'm Kylie. And I'm Amber. And today we're going to discuss a documentary we found interesting and wanted to share with you guys. It's called (laughs) The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales. And this was produced by the great niece of Walt Disney and daughter of Walt's brother, Roy O. Disney, Abigail Disney. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, yeah, this was interesting because when we were doing our history of Disney, which was a few episodes back, um, I started seeing Abigail Disney kind of pop up in some of those uh, researches I was doing. Um, and I didn't realize that she was so heavily involved in a lot of things against the Disney company. Um, So I guess to give a quick synopsis, this is a documentary that Abigail Disney and um, it looked like actually like a lot of executive producers or at least people who were involved were actually part of the Disney family. Um, I saw a lot of Disney last names when you first saw Mm -hmm. the credits roll. Um, but it, so she does a, this is a documentary that's going to be pretty, uh, I think the main focus I would say would be on the pay inequality in the Disney company. Um, so we're going to be kind of breaking down, you know, how the documentary played out as well as some of our thoughts as to, you know, what kind of went down throughout this documentary and kind of our opinions too, because we did work for Disney. So we can kind of speak to some of these inequalities, um, that we felt while we were working there as well. Yes, and this was made, I don't know when they started, like 2018, 2019, but it carried Mm -hmm. on through the pandemic. So a lot of these issues are still existing, and I feel like they're only getting worse today. So we just wanted to bring some of this to light. Yeah, that's a good point, too, to say that this is actually not a dated document. It's actually pretty current. So this isn't something like, well, it is something that's been ongoing, but it is something that is finally getting brought to light in these more current years. And hopefully um, some things are done. Um, yeah. So I get like the, the way that the documentary kind of starts is it's actually very cheerful and happy. You know, you've got these um, kind of historic, f- this historic footage of like Disneyland and how the park was being created. And some of the first days that the park was open Um And I thought that was really cool because I really haven't gotten to see that extensively. So I thought, and I'm sure some of it's pretty exclusive to like the Disney family, especially with Abigail Disney being one of the main people who created this. So I'm sure some of this is pretty exclusive content. So I thought that was cool. Um, But then we start kind of panning into some of our main characters, some of our workers of Disney and kind of their stories. Like, for example, I guess we've got Sam. She was, she had worked for the company for 45 years And I think one of the most jarring things is that, like, for the most part, all she really had to show for it was, like, these pins that kind of credited how many years she had worked within the Disney company. Um, And they were pretty, unfortunately, invaluable. Yeah, it's like, oh, thank you for this piece of metal. It's really going to get me somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, scrap metal. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so like we said, so we had um abigail disney and her so what was it her i'm sorry her grandfather was roy o disney and then walt disney was her great uncle so yeah roy e disney was her father so um if you listen back to to our history of disney he was quite a spitfire and he kind of made some noise in the disney company back in his day um 
So it it doesn't surprise me that she's creating noise here, like in her time. Yeah. And up until watching this, for some reason, maybe I was mixed up, but I thought she was Walt's granddaughter this whole time. And so piecing that together, that she's Roy E. Disney's daughter, Mm -hmm. it kind of, because we discussed, you know, people were labeling him as a troublemaker. They're the Disneys, though. This is their family's bread and butter this is their family's creation that's been taken out of their hands and ruined i mean it just it made more sense and it just seems like they're fighting for what's right and really abigail has nothing to gain from this documentary their family gets like three percent of the company's earnings to this day so it's not like she's getting anything out of this. She's really just helping these people that we're about to talk about. Yeah, which is amazing in itself, right? She, mm-hmm. But I mean, it just shows like how much passion the Disney company really had and has still to this day for what uh, Walt and Roy created. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say... Um, something interesting that I saw too was that so she was Abigail was actually media trained really young to not speak out about the Disney company um and I found that interesting because it almost feels kind of like a royal family or like a famous well I mean of course they're a famous family but it feels more like a royal family right they're very they're media trained very young you don't speak out against the family like Mm -hmm. it just it just gave me that kind of a vibe yeah and I guess there was probably like especially with children like they might ruin the magic you know and it probably I guess had to do with that more so than the other stuff <laughs> you're probably right yeah I mean kids especially yeah we're very word vomity yeah. so can kind of just say whatever noticing I was gonna say I guess my, my notes are kind of all over the place when it comes to the documentary <laughs> um I want I was talking about the 75 cent premium because I guess this was still in existence, like, or I guess it even is now because uh, we're talking about 2018 when this, wow, Mm -hmm. why am I, let me start that over. (laughs) That was weird. Okay. Yeah. So the 75 cent premium is still in existence, like even now. And they kind of make it seem like it's this luxury that you're getting. And as a DCPer, like from my point of view, it was a luxury because we weren't expected to get that much because we were interns. So I didn't, ex- I, I expected bottom of the barrel, but these are people who are actual like full-time employees and they're getting this 75% premium to work, you know, extremely long hours and but not, not get much even reward. just that and not working just at Magic Kingdom. They're working overnight. Yeah. They're working the graveyard shift. And they're only getting paid 75 cents an hour extra. Thank you. Like, I they can't even imagine. And the sad thing is, um, these are two characters, or not characters, two people, Ralph mm-hmm. and Trina. And they have children. And they they can't afford to live on their own to raise their family. They live with, I think, Ralph's mother. Mm-hmm. And they imagine that you have to work overnight they both work overnight every day when do they get to see their kids it's a real honestly their story really was the one that like really I mean all these stories touched me but this one really 
tugged at my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And I, I understood a lot of similarities, right? Like, because this, this documentary solely bases around California and Disneyland. So like, I can understand like not, you know, not being afford, able to afford to live in Orange County, you know, it is tough out here. So like a lot of it I could empathize with because I'm out here and I, I like, I understand what a lot of these people are going through and I can't imagine not being able to afford to live. It's so, it's rough out here. Mm-hmm. It's rough anywhere, but I mean, California, the standard of living is like impossible almost. It doesn't make sense why things cost that much. It really yeah. doesn't. No, it's so sad. Um, And then, like, of course, we're cutting to these, like, union group scenes where, like, a lot of Disney employees are getting together and they're kind of leaning on each other, but also brainstorming ideas to kind of improve any way that they can. Um, And they're taking polls to see, you know, certain things that some of these employees have had to go through. And it's actually, it's pretty shocking to see. So a couple of the questions... um, how many of you know someone who's on food stamps that works at Disney? I would have never thought that somebody who works for this, such a big company would need to be on food stamps. Honestly, it, when they said that, though, and like thinking back to us having to buy groceries at the Dollar Tree and like starving to make them last, like I just kind of like, why didn't I think to apply? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So it's just wow. I Wow. And then what about someone who has slept in their car? And it was unanimous. Everybody raised their hand for that. And for our listeners, the, this was a union meeting and Abigail Disney is sitting in on this and she's the one asking these questions. Mm-hmm. So that just, it goes to show she really does care about these cast members and she's, you know, she doesn't have any power into helping, but she's invested in trying to make a difference for them totally I really I think that's what I can appreciate about a lot of what she's doing too she's really in there she's not just speaking out about it from like a lens point of view she's in there with these employees getting their point of view they're yeah. like they're real and trying and wanting more to know more about it yeah I think that's really I think it's important because I mean, based on like she she even did try to reach out to the Disney company a couple of times throughout this documentary and just points of time. And she didn't receive very much back. If anything, it was a very generalized, standardized, you know, buttoned up answers that she was getting. Yeah. Which are. Yeah. Which I mean, I I it's expected that she would get those answers just because Disney is a giant corporation. However, but she I, is the granddaughter and the great niece of the creators of this company. And I get, I know that's, you know, somewhat nepotism, but this company is nowhere near what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that is where a little bit of the Disney name just holds some cachet, right? She should be able to kind of get in there and get a little more information. So it is disappointing that she is kind of being shut out mm-hmm. because she's creating noise. And it's because she's, it, let's be serious here. It's because she's hitting the nail on the head. That's why they're shutting exactly. her out. Yep. So, um, which I even noticed throughout like some of these court hearings that she yeah, was going was, to and stuff. I didn't know if you wanted to hold off until later, but yeah, when they were, 
in there and the lobbyists were paying for both sides to be shut down and stuff yes and she calls them out and he calls her a socialist it's like okay now we're we're name calling we're labeling and making it us versus them because she called out your crimes and your sins oh i mean watching that i was so angry because i was like oh they're just being so rude and disgusting and she's being so poised so just like giving them straightforward answers and the thing is she has nothing to gain from this she's trying to help out other people she's not gonna get a cent off of this low-key this is one of those things where it's almost a lose-lose for her right she has nothing Mm -hmm. to gain and everything to lose so Mm -hmm. this is the situation they should be looking at because she's clearly not gaining anything by these other employees getting more money I mean, she's gaining, you know, I mean, it's good, but like for herself, she's not gaining anything. Good karma. That's what she's gaining. (laughs) She's getting into heaven. Um, But yeah, no, but I will say so to comment before she did go to court, um, the ring she was wearing. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was listening, but I was in the middle of hanging frames up on the wall. So I wasn't watching. And I remember hearing like, clitoris ring and I was like oh my god okay and then like I was so zoned out though I I didn't like it didn't click like what are they talking about (laughs) so you're gonna have to explain it okay yeah so basically it looks like a wishbone basically um the the ring on her finger it's weird um but yeah basically she she's wearing like a clitoris ring and her her sister she's like do you know what this is and she's like no and she like tells her and she's like why and she was like it makes me feel powerful it's a a symbol of feminine energy and she said it's basically a big giant f you to all the guys when i go into court um ah. <laughs> so i thought that was cool i was like okay um but it was just it was funny because i was like oh my god this is uh unexpected and it seems silly but it's clear it's clear that it's obviously a um symbol of power yeah and i think the power comes in people getting offended by the the female body so Mm -hmm. easily and it's so tabooed and I love that for her (laughs) yeah no it was great I at first I was like wait what and then she explained it and I was like you go girl (laughs) yeah they give us that power by being so offended it's like okay then I'm gonna hold that over you yeah cool so you're offended and I know that now I know Um, your weakness (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um but, but let's see Okay, yeah, so I want to talk about, like, how it just blows my mind how off-base, like, Disneyland is with their pay. Like, it, it really blows my mind because we, not just we, like, everybody knows that Orange County and California itself are, like, one of the most extremely expensive places to live. So, I I don't know. You would expect the pay to be com- comparable to that, which it is because most places nowadays in California, you can get a part-time job for $16, $17 an hour, which you can't get in most states Yeah, because that's our standard of living here. Um, but based around that, what I found interesting was that a livable wage in Anaheim, California is $24 an hour. Here's the thing about that, though. That's even with that, it's probably livable for one person mm-hmm. to live in a one bedroom apartment 
That's eating Cheerios. Tiny. Eating, yeah. There we go. I was like, what else are we missing? We gotta be. <laughs> but it's like just barely scraping by. You yeah. know? Because livable just means you're you're still alive. You can maintain being alive. Right. It's our country is so broken. It's clear throughout this documentary and through the court cases that she goes through that like these corporations do like they they say they want to help people and they want to make things a certain way, but it is so clear through watching this documentary that is the exact opposite of what's actually happening behind closed doors. Yeah. And in the first letter she writes to Bob Iger, he writes back and says, I'm going to, I hear what you're saying, basically, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put you into contact with the head of our HR and she can let you know what we're doing to help. And it's free education. Oh, yeah. No, that made me angry because that was what I was talking about with the generic answers that Disney was providing. They didn't even acknowledge her as a person. They were like, oh, you want generalized knowledge? Here you go. Yeah. And it's like, I can't afford to take care of my children. We don't have a roof over our heads. We're sleeping in our cars and we can't afford food. Yeah, I think I'm going to start college. Yeah. Like, what? Let me throw that stress on top of it exactly well and oh my god speaking to like not having a place to live do you uh do you remember watching the ralph and was it trina or tina trina right i, I don't remember. think it was trina Your i think it was trina, trina. <laughs> i think it's trina okay good good sorry i'm all over the place with my notes that's why i asked um but they were camping and i don't think it was for fun because they were asked but they were being so positive because they were like kids do you love it when we camp and yeah. they were like yeah we love camping and i was like I love that they're being positive, but like that almost makes it sadder for me because like they have to maintain this positivity so that their kids don't realize how bad it is. I I would not, I would not be able to like get through that without crying and breaking down. Like, I don't know how they do it. Oh, that's yeah. That was really them watching them. Like I said, there was something so real about that. I mean, all these stories are real, but there was a rawness to their story that really just like struck a chord for me. And there was a part in the documentary where they went um, and helped out with the food bank, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she says, I want no matter what we're going through, I want my children to know what it's like to give. And I want that to be a part of their lives. And no matter how they're suffering, they're still focused on the good. I, I, I just, I don't have oh. the bandwidth for all that. No, I can't. I'm telling you, they're such like, ah, uh, they made it, they made it hard to watch the documentary because it was so sad. Oh yeah. So let's talk about some Disney, a little Disney fun fact about the parking lot for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So the this is supposedly the legend of the parking lot at Disneyland. So it was completed in 1996. And what happened was the city of Anaheim actually built this parking lot for Disneyland to use. Um, and they leased it. It's leased by Disney. Wait, leased to, Di- sorry, leased to Disney by the city of Anaheim for a dollar a day. So basically Disney profits by having this parking lot. And let me just give you guys some information on this parking lot because I was just at Disney this past weekend. I remember when I first moved here five years ago, parking in this parking lot, $20. Beginning of this year, $30. 
when I went this weekend, park your car. Oh yeah, but don't worry because it's now thirty five. It went up five dollars. That's just a park. You're not that. Oh my gosh. So we've I'm, gone up $15 in the last year. That's insane. So they are profiting that they're profiting $35 per person who comes into this parking lot and does it has to pay. And they pay a dollar to the city of Anaheim a day to own and this building. Here's some insight for you guys from our experience at the DCP. The Coca-Cola company gave them Vistaway apartments. That was a gift from the Coca-Cola company to have for us. And they charged us. Yeah. So just this this is just standard Disney protocol at this point. Okay, now that I know what their parking price is and just everything going on, like seriously, I'm probably after the holidays gonna end my Disney Plus and like never give them another dime. Don't. Yeah, the only I'm reason done. I have it is because of my brother. Otherwise, they wouldn't get a dime out of me. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, And honestly, this documentary made me look a little bit at Bob Iger differently um, mm-hmm. because I really thought he was a hero. Like, I thought he was right there with Michael Eisner because Michael Eisner did so many good things for the company. I mean, I... You know, I don't know what his entire career was. Obviously, but... there was something going on with Roy. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't amazing, but I mean, he's always gonna have my heart because of the Disney Channel. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks like Bob Iger's a little bit shady. Um, One thing that broke my heart was the the young woman named Artemis. Um, mm-hmm. She was in the union meeting and she stood up and said, "You know, I." I would love one day to be able to have children, but I'll at this rate, I'll never be able to afford to raise them the way I would want to. And that just gutted me because so many of us like <laughs> just can't afford to have families. And yeah. we get ridiculed all the time. You're not having kids. Why aren't you having kids? Where where's our grandkids? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, where's the money to yeah. take care of those children? Like why are we going to bring in kids into this world if we can't afford to take care of them? Literally. It's, yeah, that's, and we're at that point where we're getting ridiculed about things like this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it that's, that's another thing that really hits close to home, especially with us currently being in our 30s and that being like, this is- Yeah, it's a generational issue. Yeah. So this, yeah, this whole thing is shining light on not just issues of the fact that Disney's just not paying their employees enough. It's like- it's deeper than that and that's why i appreciate that this was created so you can see it's not just like it it is a monetary issue but it's so much deeper than that you know yeah um i'm trying to think like what else i'm so all over the place oh yeah and then disney responded to the whole like un inequality of pay by basically saying like they don't want to comment on pay inequality but their employees are doing just fine are they right. though? And um, Abigail shared that um, for an employee to make the same amount of money that Bob Iger makes in one year, they would have to work 2,000 years. Yes. 
I remember, I remember them saying that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Who needs that much money? What are you doing with that much money? Like what in the world can that much money buy you? So do you remember when he gave up his salary and was it 2021 or 2020? Yep. Uh, So you do know this. Okay. Yeah. So he supposedly (laughs) gave up his salary and so did a couple other Disney executives. Um, But just kidding. No, they didn't because Disney quietly reimbursed them and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, they they got it. Yeah, which means it's not taxed. Yeah, so they got it all just. Yeah, it's all sketchy. It It's disgusting. It's filthy. It's dirty. It's greedy. And yeah, and it, it really this documentary it, it at the end it really did expand and it closed on disney but for a minute there it expanded on how this is a national issue with it goes beyond yes. disney and our country is suffering because of these greedy men like i just don't understand like what are you what can you do with all the money in the world what is like, it going to get you in life when people need it for their basic survival and exactly. And the like, I can understand means to live, right? But having so much that you'll never even get through it, but like, you just mm-hmm. don't want to give it to somebody else. Like, come on. Literally, like, what's he make? 66 million a year? Something like that. You could give that to me. I, I would never get through that in my life. Yeah, exactly. So that right there alone. I could live a luxurious life, never get through it. Same. And he's making that a year. Oh my God. Can you, I mean, Jesus Christ. So it's just, it just shows the, like, clearly like the gross inequality, like that the CEO is making in comparison to these employees who are making maybe, maybe $17 an hour. And I say that because like I said, that's a standard for the state of California, but I don't, or I think it is, but you, there's always a loophole for Disney because you remember as interns we technically didn't work for the state of Florida we worked for the states that we lived in there's always a messy loophole yeah so we got taxed bases on our based on our state so I got taxed in Tennessee or I'm sorry Mississippi and you were taxed in Arizona and everyone mm-hmm. else was taxed everywhere else and I remember one of my co-workers she lived in Nevada and it was one of the highest taxing states and her paycheck which we were working the exact same hours she would get significantly less than me because of the tax it was so dumb so and it's just kind of funny they have the audacity to charge you i'm just pulling this up um mm -hmm. 35 dollars a day for it to park when they're stock you could buy it for 79.33 today i just decided to pull it up it has gone so low Wow. And it's like you're in no position to be price gouging right now. Yeah. So, and they just increased that to 35 because we had been there within the last month. So it happened in the last two weeks that they upped it. And I wonder if that's holiday pricing, which either way, disgusting, but either way, it just went up. I saw it. I'm horrified. But literally, like their stocks are so low. It's insane. not doing good. I, I don't feel bad for them. No, they're just driving themselves into the ground. And they kind of, it's sad because if they 
come to an end like Walt did all this for what if they come to an end it's going to be a very interesting and why that's going to be a pivotal history moment to watch the the Walt Disney Company go down I don't think it'll ever officially yeah you know go down and will live on and on but yeah but you've got to have people to to work the parks you've got to have people animating and but you know you know the the one thing that they did right which i mean we're a product of it is the dcp that is going to forever keep those parks running because all you have to do is just increase the number of people that they bring in and each park has enough people to work because they don't have to pay them but peanuts yeah i just wish those kids would stop paying because you have to pay to work for them and then you have to pay to be in their apartments and you pay for this and you pay for that and it's gotten worse now like they have to pay parking passes now we didn't have to pay for parking passes luckily um but we did have to pay to be a part of the program which i can't believe we forgot we paid four hundred dollars to participate as dcpers so uh we paid them to work for them which is illegal should be feels illegal i just i remember um Tyra Banks <laughs> always said you should never pay to work and I wish her little voice was like you know ringing in my head when I had mouse eyes. Something that I thought was super wild before is so Disney and the city of Anaheim like they go back and forth and Disney has like created tax shields against themselves and basically what they've done which should be legal but for some reason is not is they've created these laws that basically shield them from taxes that don't even exist yet like things that could potentially happen later on that could tax them they're shielded from because they created a law or a bill or what the frick frack ever well yeah they have their lobbyist in there having telling lawmakers what to to do to protect their money but can you believe that like it's wild I don't know that just like it just feel like I know what they're doing is clearly legal because obviously it has to be but you know besides what we don't know but it just feels so gross and illegal it's yeah. wild that they can get away with some of the stuff and I just like I want to touch on Abigail's sister Susan who's kind of like a framing character I would say because she's kind of there to kind of fill in the pieces of like Abigail's story mm-hmm. um And it seems like when they're talking kind of in the, what was it like the midpoint of the movie? They're talking about Bob Iger. And it seems like between the two sisters, Susan has, probably not now, but did have a better relationship with Bob Iger. And he would answer her phone calls. But it seems like at this point, we had already burned bridges on Abigail's side. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like that's, how every line of sibling goes right you've got the one that's outspoken and kind of the black sheep Mm -hmm. us (laughs) (laughs) and then you've got like the one that knows when to keep their mouth shut and i was never good at that clearly it's my brother was so good at that right (laughs) and i don't i didn't look but did you know um maybe you can answer was susan the older or younger sibling 58 okay so she is older by a couple of years that's why they that's why they're so close because you can tell like that they're not far in age yeah but um I mean that makes sense too why they were 
early on media trained because the parks were already up and running and mm-hmm. Disney was already a big name. So yeah, it so just, it was kind of like it was probably just maybe if it wasn't formal training, it's from watching their fathers and grandfathers, you know, doing it already. It was just the way things were. Being that it's the time that it was, I'm sure it was a little bit of both. Like, especially with just upbringing, like, you know, to stay in line, but also they probably like taught them like your manners, like mind your manners. Exactly. So that doesn't surprise me. Not the way it is now where they have like the media trainer come in and (laughs) give you a class. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Things are so different. (laughs) Which was literally the whole point of this documentary. Yeah very true um yeah i guess like the so yeah we can close it out with like which is actually sad like the close out of this is that there really is no resolve um it kind of ends pretty pretty sadly and somewhat abruptly i would say um it kind of ends with one more sad little like story of everyone kind of helping uh with this christmas food bank and it's a drive up moment and you it you really see like how many people in the Anaheim area Disney employees and not are really struggling so it kind of gives you a full picture that like hey not only is like our Disney employees suffering but like so are these other people yeah yep so that is that and uh next week we're not going to be fully you know biased here we're, we're going to try to give the other side a shot <laughs> so we are currently listening to the audiobook of ride of a lifetime by bob Iger. so we're, we're going to hear him out so next week's episode is going to be our thoughts on that book so tune in for that but and also before we go just anyone who does want to watch this uh documentary uh it is available on amazon prime um i think it's 399 hd 299 normal so not super steep so if you're looking to rent it that's where i found it yes and if you want to listen to bob Iger's um book amber found it on youtube for the audiobook Sure did. Hopefully it's t- <laughs> hopefully they don't take it down. <laughs> so we'll catch All you right. next week. <laughs> Bye guys.